God has given us two gifts of which we can choose from, one of which is singleness on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. If you've been around young adult or single communities out there, there is always that one auntie who's out there trying to get people married off. On this episode, we're gonna look at the gift of singleness. You're watching Inverse, my name's Justin Kim, and in the studio, we have Sebastian, Israel, and Siku with us. And I wanna say hello to you all. Hello. Hi there. Aloha. Welcome to coming into the studio. We are looking at the topic of sexuality, and it is a very sensitive matter, as we have covered in the last two episodes. And we wanna encourage you that if you have minors, or maybe if the subject is not appropriate to be mindful uh, that this is the, the topic and that viewer discretion is advised. Uh, Siku, if you can pray for us and we'll jump into Isaiah. All right, let's pray. Loving Father, we're so thankful that we can come to your word to find guidance on all aspects of our lives. And we pray that now as we're going to discuss particularly singleness in the context of biblical sexuality, that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Um, put words in our mouths so that the ideas that are presented are not our own thoughts, but are representative of what your word teaches. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. I know we said Isaiah, but we're going to actually go to Isaiah uh, eventually. Let's go to Matthew. I switched gears here. Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verse 10 through 12. And Sebastian, if you can read those verses for us. Sure. That would be appreciated. Matthew 19, 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. All right, so we are looking at this topic of biblical sexuality. Uh, we will cover it in a couple episodes from now that sexuality requires two individuals, not one, not three, not four, two. And there's mm. something powerful about that number. Uh, but here, Jesus talks about uh, singleness. I mean, he, he uses the word eunuchs in, in the old way. And uh, I want to ask Israel, like, why why is it that, let's just, we're just gonna back, zoom out a bit and uh, I'm gonna, I asked you a long time ago, like a long time ago when you were single. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. For us, it's been very recent, but for you, it was like a long time ago. <laughs> decades. Uh, decades ago. Decades. L literally, uh, decades. <laughs> That's um, yeah. No, I mean, so especially in church communities, no, people want to like find the single person and get them married off. Like this is mm. their, their mission in life. And and for what it's worth, we do appreciate their their ministry, so to speak. I mean, a lot of marriages <laughs> have happened in that respect. <laughs> but why? There's this passion <laughs> that people feel like. Like that singleness is not a form of righteousness and marriage is, mm. that's a script that's floating around. Why is that? I think part of that just really has to do with the fact that some people are old school, you know, and then tradition has set in the minds of people that they think marriage is an essential part of growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And so I, mm. I think more than it being a biblical reason for why these people in church want to marry you off, it has to do with their sense of um, stress, you know, mm -hmm. you're not going to be happy. You're going to be single for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You're not going <laughs> to ever find the happiness that you're craving for. Mm -hmm. And so I think more out of a sense of um, fear 
that people won't be happy, they kind of try to push people along. I never had that situation. <laughs> Sebastian, on the other hand, no. No. so I, I think that that's really that's really. And then I think you couple with that the fact that the, uh, marriage is a biblical thing, and so there, you know, people think to themselves, unless you're married, mm -hmm. you're not following that whole command of God. You know, uh, that it's not good for a man to be alone, or mm -hmm. that you know, God mm -hmm. made male and female, created He them to be in His image. So there is tension between mm -hmm. verses like this where Jesus says, or, or Paul says, it's better that you shouldn't be married. And then mm -hmm. they always balance that with, G with God, saying that it is, not it is not good for man to be alone. So, right. so we'll, we'll talk about it. Sebastian. Well, I think the, one of the tensions you have to navigate in that discussion, right, between mm -hmm. what Paul and Jesus are saying, in the same passage in Matthew 19, he's saying, you know, in the beginning, it was not so, right? Jesus is referring to the ideal. Mm. So it shows that when God created humanity, his ideal was for marriage to exist, right? Everyone to experience the joy of that intimacy. But in a sinful world, we find that there is a blessing and a goodness to singleness. And I think Jesus's point is some people make themselves for that reason to build up the kingdom of heaven's sake. And I think a lot of people who push that direction are sometimes trying to vicariously live through other people. And I've had individuals that, you know, I was having conversations with and they were trying to push me and push me and push me, you know, early in my collegiate years, like, hey, go ahead and get married. Like, what a, what's the problem, right? And, you know, I had my own reservations, right? I had my own setbacks in prayer that, you know, I felt like God wasn't moving me in that direction. And finally, after persistence, the person just came out and told me like, well, Sebastian, I just want you to get married because, you know, when I got married, you know, I, I got converted after I was married and my <laughs> spouse did not follow, you know, in that same path. And it's been tension in our marriage. And yeah. I want you to experience the joy of having someone in the mm. same faith in marriage. And I'm like, I understand your situation, you know, and obviously that's a sad situation. But at the same time, you know, we have to be careful that we're not pushing people into premature marriages. Mm -hmm. um, for our sakes. Right, for the yeah. sake of my own resolution emotionally. Yeah. That I'm trying to vicariously They're often imposing their experience on another person and you have, because it was that way and if it happened to me, it would have rectified mm -hmm. my situation. So Correct. I need to push it on, on somebody else. That's Just right. Like, I think um, Sebastian's buttressing what, what Israel said, but I think that sometimes imposing what our cultural expectations are yeah, and then totally. we justify it with scripture, scripture totally. right? And so then we're Great using point. the Bible to, you know, to say, to, to Godify it, you know, mm -hmm. holify it, mm -hmm. but really it's just, it. yeah. <laughs> and there are some cultures that it where it is culturally <laughs> righteous to be married right. and they just kind of, like you said, they just take Bible and they put it in and mm -hmm. there's other cultures that don't have that. You don't mm -hmm. see that, that pressure. I want to go back to scripture, which I just find a little bit to be a little bit, I, I always read scripture a little bit of a humorous bend, especially of the 12 disciples. Um, in verse eight and nine, Jesus is talking about, hey, you know, you should only get divorced if there's sexual immorality, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only condition. We're going to cover that in a future episode. Uh, about divorce, and then the response to that was in verse 10, uh, as the disciple said to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, then it is better that he doesn't marry at all. <laughs> like, I just find that to be uh, kind of an interesting reaction. Well, and I think it, that's the context of which Jesus talks about singleness. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Sebastian and then <laughs> and, and consider the fact that in their minds, they're thinking it's probably more likely that the guy is going to commit adultery, right, than it is for the woman. Mm. So in their mind, they're like, if this is the case, like, you can only leave unless she <laughs> sleeps outside. It's like, that ain't going happened. So you, you can almost see in the disciples' mind that the problem societally almost implied in there is there was male issues, right, with fidelity, but not so much on the female side, probably for various other cultural reasons. But I think the, the, the drive towards singleness is to avoid pain. And one of the things that I find 
in relationships and singleness that stems from the life of Jesus is Jesus didn't live his life to avoid pain. And then the disciples, I don't want to be locked into a situation. I don't want to be stuck in a situation. So I'd rather, it's probably better just not to get married than to find yourself stuck in a marriage, unable to get out. And for some reason, people see that as better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people don't want to do the work of for better or for worse, right? Mm -hmm. Or for richer or for poorer. I still got to love you and serve you and minister to you that's difficult. And so they feel as if singleness will give me the out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted to speak to to the, this verse. I never thought of it that way. So imagine that, mm-hmm. you know, with a male perspective. But um, obviously the disciples realized that what, what Jesus was laying down was really hard. Mm-hmm. Like the picture that he was painting of the kind of commitment that it takes to have a marriage that is approved of God, mm-hmm. it'll take a lot of work yeah. to the point where they... I think they looked at themselves and they're like, humanly, this is impossible. Like there is no way, the standard is like so high mm-hmm. that it's better that you remain single to avoid having to meet that standard. Mm-hmm. And I think this points to, like we're talking about singleness, because um, it was relatively recent for me. And I remember part of the joys of being single was not having to deal with a bunch of the stuff that I saw my married friends having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Having to talk to somebody before you go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I go where I want, when I want. Mm-hmm. I don't have to ask nobody. Like, have mercy. Uh, yeah, All I live right. my, <laughs> I spend my money the way that I want, I buy what I want, when I want, you know, just, and, and. <laughs> I, 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 I want, 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 want. She's yes. like, that's what I want to do. But it was really like the, the joy of singleness a lot of times for me was about, was, was about avoiding pain, mm-hmm. avoiding the stresses of marriage, avoiding the miscommunications and the, uh, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily about what can I do for the Lord, which is what Jesus now goes into. Mm-hmm. It's almost like on either side, whether you're married or you're single, for a Christian, it's all about God. And yeah. no matter what side you're on, it's yeah. going to be challenging. This is a, this is a statement in a context of discipleship, mm-hmm. not yeah. some ethical pronunciation for all of right. humanity to abide by. And I think that's, right. this, is, this is why Jesus says in verse 11, not all can accept the saying. This is a difficult saying. Right. Israel. I think when you look at the perspective of marriage or singleness, at the end of the day, the balance of both is they're the same, but they're different at the same time, right? It's like same, same, but different. Yeah. Mm. It comes back. Break that down for us. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. us. Some, it's not so obvious. Well, in other words, at at the end of the day, for me and my personal experience, some of the greatest lows that I've experienced in my life had have are a result of marriage, right? You're in a fight with someone over something very silly. You think about it, think about it, think about it, it becomes this huge deal. And then all of a sudden, this it clouds everything else in life, right? Can I move on with life? Why do we have kids? I mean, all these different things, right? And and all of a sudden, this becomes a huge... Some of you are laughing out there, but some of you are like, mm-hmm. So this is this is the same yeah. reaction here in the studio as well. Keep and going. So, and Preach so, on, brother. Preach and on. so the issue is that, that you can avoid all of that heartache, which you will... I mean, that heartache is clearly the result of being with someone. Mm. You can avoid that by not being with someone, by being by yourself, right? I mean, when you're by yourself, what Sigu said is ultimately funny, but very true, right? You do what you want when you want, and there's a certain freedom about that. Mm-hmm. However, some of the greatest highs that I've ever experienced in my life are because I've been married to someone, mm-hmm. right? And 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 as great as you know, uh, sexual intercourse and intimacy is, there's a lot of beauty in just being able to sit, uh, you know, on your bed and then just laughing for for no reason about anything. It's just like oh, you know, we were so dumb when we did this or, mm-hmm. you know, all these different experiences and stories, it makes life just so much better. 
Yeah. And so you wouldn't you would never get this kind of high if you were by yourself at the mm. same time. Mm -hmm. But I think what Christ is saying is ultimately the price of marriage is too expensive if you're doing it for self gain. Mm -hmm. If you're getting married because you want to be happy, if you're getting married because you want to be, you know, sexually fulfilled, if, and that's the only right. way you can do it from scripture. If you're getting married because you're lonely, you're paying a too you're paying too high of a price for that kind of outcome. And you're gonna have buyer's remorse. You're gonna right? have buyer's remorse. You're gonna yes. jump in and you're yeah. gonna be like, oh, dude, like I had yeah. no idea. And that explains why most marriages don't, don't survive, mm -hmm. right? Because that's not why they were there. Mm -hmm. Because sexual intimacy does take a lot of extra work, mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of a lot of um, additional components just besides that, which is physical. Mm -hmm. When we come back after the break, we're gonna look at how single people can have children in Christ. I'm Justin Kim. You're watching Inverse. We'll be back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Matthew chapter 19 talks about a very difficult saying that Jesus uh, says in verse 12. Uh, For there are eunuchs who are born thus from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have been made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So let's talk about this. Share with us, Siku, uh, what, what Jesus is alluding to here. Okay, um, I'll just work backwards through mm -hmm. what he said. He talks about eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And like you mentioned um, before the break, saying eunuchs is not talking about, you know, eunuchs like in the olden days, people who served in the king's palace, but he's talking about single people who are single, mm -hmm. right? And he's saying that these... In essence, they're, they're working for the heavenly kingdom. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> but these, the, this situation of singleness is people who have made the choice. Mm. So they make a choice personally that in order to be more effective in God's work for building up God's kingdom, that they're going to refrain from marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, So this is a word, just to be clear, we're not talking about self-castration or anything right, right. weird that, that people have misinterpreted this first to be, but mm -hmm. these are intentionally becoming disciples for Jesus. Right, okay. right. Um, and, and they make that choice for the sake of God's kingdom. Yes. Um, I mean, I guess we could, uh, you can think about Paul talking about, you know, when you're married, you're, you're thinking about you know, the things of your spouse, but then if you're single, right. you can think about focus on God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, so they make the choice intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then he talks, previous, previous to that, he talks, they're eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking about, this wasn't a personal decision, but it was circumstances, the decision was kind of made for you. So circumstances lead to, you know, you being single. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third category that he talks about, uh, the first one he talks about, which I'm talking about lastly, is that there were eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. So this is mm -hmm. apparently some genetic or something innate within the person that leads them to a life of singleness. Mm -hmm. So he talks about these three categories, whether it's by choice, um, for the sake of God's kingdom, whether it's circumstantial, Mm -hmm. There are no men like whatsoever to marry or whatever. Um, or there's something genetic or something biological that leads to a life of 
singleness. And in all three situations, he's saying that these are, I guess, acceptable classes of singleness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, just in modern terms, I see biological, social, and spiritual singleness going on. And mm-hmm. these are categories that are just as legitimate as being married and a gift that God has given. And as, as you all mentioned, being single, there are some cons, but there are also some huge pros that God really takes advantage of in that single person. And you know, Justin, this is something that I, I believe as the age of marriage is going up in our society and more and more people are opting in that direction, mm-hmm. perhaps for selfish reasons, you know, like alluded to earlier, but also I think the social one is really huge because I know a lot of people among my peers who are still single into their 30s and 40s who are frustrated by the social reasons, right, mm-hmm. as to why they're still single mm-hmm. and grappling with that in a lot of you know, real existential ways, right? Emotionally, how to process that? What does that mean? How do you grapple with not settling, but then, you know, wanting to get married? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Jesus's point here is it's a blessing that he's placed this in scripture that Matthew has recorded this conversation to recognize that Jesus is sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. He feels that it is difficult and it is hard to accept. Mm-hmm. And at the same token, we know that whatever God has recognized as being difficult, he's also provided grace, right? Mm-hmm. To support us through that difficulty because he's anticipated it. Mm-hmm. There are no needs that God was not aware of that he did not also provide, right? He mm-hmm. supplies the wants that he creates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's also important, you know, to kind of ground at this point in the discussion. Right. Amen. And, Amen. and just to speak to the experience, um, I think it, it, it is beautiful that Jesus says that this is a difficult saying to accept yes. because as much as you know we've talked about whether you're married or you're single there's challenge there are challenges either way mm-hmm. um, but I think the reality is in most societies being married there's a way that you are viewed in society that is different from when you're single mm. and so there's an there's an extra pressure that comes with singleness um, that you don't necessarily get you yeah. know as a married person um, from society and then even individually like they're you know within yourself, you know, there are pressures that you experience that a lot of times, even in communities of faith, which are supposed to be encouraging and supportive, that either they don't address or they look down upon those struggles that you have. And so there are extra pressures that come with singleness um, that Mm -hmm. married people don't necessarily experience. And I I appreciate that Jesus recognized that and he called it out, Mm -hmm. um, that this is a difficult, it's a difficult saying to accept. I was going to say. Oh, okay. You had that eye that you wanted to say something. <laughs> well, let's go to Isaiah 56, if Israel doesn't want to say something about Isaiah instead. Uh, Isaiah 56, Isaiah 56, verses 3 to 6, 3 to 8, 3 to something. Most of them from verse 3. Okay. And uh, verse 3, and Sebastian, if you don't mind reading from verse 3 onwards. Yes, sir. Isaiah 56, beginning in verse 3. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant. Even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. 
for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. All right, so tell me, uh, share with this, this, this passage here, Israel. This is Isaiah 56 is a beautiful passage that talks about what actually is really defining what the church is. Mm. And there's different ways in which scripture will define the church as a body of Christ. Mm. Uh, it's a community of faith, but this is not a New Testament thing, which is what we mostly kind of think about. In, in the book of Isaiah, it's describing it as a place for people who don't feel as though they have a place in society, mm -hmm. whether it's because you're a foreigner, whatever it is, your future does not look bright. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, as what Siku uh, mentioned earlier, there are certain pressures that we place on ourselves or society places on us because we're not what we are expected to be. Mm -hmm. The church is supposed to be a place that provides a safety for that. Mm -hmm. And I think as um, Siku was speaking, what came to my mind is, I hope that by the grace of God, I can be an individual who doesn't add to the pressures that people feel, mm -hmm. but instead allows for a place where, pe where people can feel free either to be vulnerable uh, in sharing that they, you know, there's stress there or there's loneliness or the opposite. There's also a lot of people who don't want to pursue marriage for whatever reason. They're happy mm -hmm. in their singleness and that doesn't make them less holy or less, you know, right. uh, uh, acceptable mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. I love that the, this uh, promise is, is directed mm -hmm. towards two people, uh, two types of people, if you will. In verse 3, uh, it, there's a word, uh, word connection here in the middle. It says that, nor let the eunuch say, here I am, a dry tree. Verse 4, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose and what pleases me and hold my... So he's talking to eunuchs here. Mm -hmm. Specifically, he's talking to single people who may not have an inheritance, who may not have a future, who may not have children, who may not have, you know, whatever they, whatever normal society thinks as the fulfillment of life should be. They're not having that. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's no access to that. Mm. And here God is promising that I will give you, I, I, I think verse 5 is just a beautiful mm -hmm. promise that says that better than that of sons and daughters, mm -hmm. I will give them an everlasting name. Mm -hmm. So usually in your progeny, you're thinking about, you know, your, your legacy, yeah, your, 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 your future or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But God is saying, whatever you had in mind, I'm going to give you something better. That's right. So whatever pressures that single people may have in, in getting married or whatnot, better than that, better fulfillment than that, God has a blessing for. And you see that later on in verse 7 and 8. It's really discipleship. It's really these individuals who are dedicated to God, who keep the covenant, who who keep uh, the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're witnessing. They're, they're creating new disciples. They're, they're, you know, the, how many mothers and fathers of Israel do you know? Right. They don't have biological children, but through yeah. youth ministry or campus ministry or young adult ministry, mm -hmm. they've mentored, in a sense, their spiritual mothers and fathers mm -hmm. a lot more powerful and fulfilling than, than maybe some alternative choice that they might have mm -hmm. made. And, I, and I, to me, there's a huge insight in what you're bringing up that f further supports what is the sentiment behind Jesus's comments in Matthew 19, mm. which is that God pays attention to these people, mm -hmm. right? While society may put you aside, while society may make you a second class citizen, and sometimes even within the church and the body of Christ, right? The Israelites might have looked at you and said, you don't have an inheritance, you, no Jew is gonna marry you because you're a foreigner, like et cetera, et cetera. But God is like, nope, I'm paying specific attention to these people. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the, the ultimate expression, not only of who God is, but also a reminder of who God sees himself in, 
and individuals because there was a loneliness to Jesus's life and Jesus himself was a eunuch Mm -hmm. that he made for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So this idea that Jesus can understand and resonate with that, right, is to the contrary and to the opposite. And God sees himself in that singleness, that sort of dedication, that isolation, that aloneness that other people are trying to shy away from using any means necessary Mm -hmm. to get rid of it. Christ bore that burden. And that was a huge aspect of his ministry and his life and dedication to his mission, to our salvation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't but point out, you know, in both instances, whether he's talking to the eunuchs or talking to the foreigner in verse four, um, the conditions upon which this promise is, is made. Yes. He says, the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, choose what please me, hold fast my covenant. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in, in verse six, when he's talking to the foreigner, he says, who join themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath holds fast my covenant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in my mind, it just went back to, you know, the study that we did on covenants. Mm-hmm. It was just powerful, beautiful mm-hmm. study. And basically he's saying those who engage in this covenant relationship with me, I will do for you, you know, what is yeah. beyond what the world could do. So we think, you know, marriage is this covenant relationship and it has all these beautiful mm. fruit that all this beautiful fruit that comes out of it. And God is saying, I want to have a covenant relationship with you and the fruit of which far surpasses what a human covenant could have, you know, in that marriage covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. Of which you can go to, just to put a shameless plug here, go to <laughs> inversebible.org where you can get the past Bible study guide on the topic of covenants, which uh, dovetails right here perfectly. So we want to encourage you to go there and study it. Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Something important to note from what uh, Sequin and Sebastian are saying is that a lot of times what we fail to do in our current context is we say, look, there's something better. You, you can be happier. There's this, you know, if you're not married, there's something better in life. Clearly here what Jesus or what God is talking about is something better in the future. And I think that's important to note that even though in the present context, life might be hard, the investment that we're making or the sacrifices mm-hmm. that we're making, mm-hmm. even the sacrifice of sacrificing our own personal temporal happiness will have far greater results in the future. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love that this is a gift that God has given and not all are called to this gift. And maybe you out there, uh, maybe you would resonate with what Israel has mentioned, that you are a married person, but you want to, you feel convicted to create an environment where singles can feel comfortable to share their gifts of singlehood to, to the church. Yeah. Or maybe you are a single person, you're like, Lord, I need to really take uh, take your covenant seriously, not with my own strength, but your strength alone, and uh, contribute to how I can also create more disciples. We want to encourage you to, cur- to continue the conversation on social media. We're so glad that you decided to join us here on Inverse, and we are very excited about this 13-week to- arc topic on, the, on, on biblical sexuality. Next week, we are looking at the concepts of the principles of, of marital sexuality. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.